Hello and welcome everyone. Today we're going to be talking about the battery thematic. It's much talked about and much understood. I hope autonomous battery powered cars are the future. But I want to talk about today uh, and the reality for junior mining companies and investors in the um, within that battery thematic. So today I'm joined by Brendan Urick, CEO of Electric Royalties. We've got David Kelly, CEO of Chicana Copper and Terry Lynch, CEO of Power Nickel. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? And I'm going to start by asking can you just give us a little summary on each of your companies? Brandon, can I start with you? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm the CEO of Electric Royalties. We are a royalty company focused exclusively on those metals really required for the transition of clean energy. Uh, metals like lithium, cobalt, nickel, copper, etc. cetera. Uh, we've got a portfolio of 19 royalties, uh, primarily targeting those deposits in North America, Europe, and Australia uh, that could serve as a future source of supply of these metals. Um, for the gigafactories coming up under uh, construction in those jurisdictions. So we were just getting started, uh, we got cash flow, and uh, definitely a little bit heavy lithium right now, um, but uh, looking forward to the future. David? Yeah, thank you, Matt. Um, it's a pleasure to be here again. Uh, Dave Kelly with uh, Chicana Copper, and Chicana Copper's made a very exciting discovery. It's a high-grade copper, gold, silver discovery in Peru. Uh, we just put out our first resource in January of this year that contained 191,000 ounces of gold, 11.7 million ounces of silver, and 130 million pounds of copper. And that's just on a very small part of the, of the deposit. We've only tested 15% of our targets uh, to date. And we know that that's going to dramatically expand uh, the footprint of the resource. We have a strategic investor in gold fields that's invested uh, every time at their at their investment rights since 2019. So it's great validation to have a quality company like that investing in Chicana Copper. Thank you, and Terry. Great, my name is Terry Lynch. I'm uh, CEO of Power Nickel. Uh, Power Nickel is developing the NISC project in uh, just south of James Bay, Quebec. It's a high grade nickel sulfate uh, project. Had a historical resource of 3.1 million tons of about 1.7% nickel EQ. We'll be updating that and hope to get that out in May, a new update of 43101. Just had a successful drill program and uh, we're doing another one starting in June 1. So uh, pretty exciting nickel project. We're happy to sort of be uh, bringing that to the world. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that, uh, the summaries. Um, right, you guys are all, all three of you, sub 30 million uh, market cap companies, but you're absolutely right in the uh, center of the battery thematic. The way people are talking about it, the way governments are talking about infrastructure bills, the way OEMs, automotive manufacturers are talking about it, any commodity related to batteries should be flying off the shelves. But right now, the market doesn't seem to understand that. What's going on, Brandon? Well, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, you know, I, I think I was just talking to you guys earlier. Uh, our portfolio is heavy lithium, about half our portfolio. Lithium prices are up 400% over the last year. Our share price is down, you know, about 40, 40%, it seems like. So uh, it's weird. There's a disconnect between metal prices and the companies that are actually involved with the extraction, you know, have participation in these in these metals. Um, so it's weird. I think the thematic's not going anywhere. Uh, you know, you, you just look at the new uh, green deal that the EU put out. They're going to require, you know, 20 times more of everything. <laughs> um, it's weird. It's, it's kind of crazy how a lot of these governments have not really been forward thinking. You know, China's been ahead of them for 10, 20 years now, going out, uh, basically securing all of these assets uh, across the world. So yeah, it's weird that um, you know these countries are, are Europe and, and the US are, are really kind of coming late to the party, but you definitely see them shifting that and, and kind of learning like, okay, maybe we need to have some uh, domestic sources of these metals 
uh, so that we can you know, build out all of the things that we have in our, our current day lives. So, I mean, David, talk to me because you're in the U.S. U.S. is talking a big game um, about what it needs to do, this conversion over to um, battery and to renewable energy. What are they doing to support juniors? You know, there, there's a huge disconnect between what society wants and 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 what how they can get you know, the metals that they need to, uh, to have that. And that, you know, there's a lot of, you see, you see the narrative is changing, you know, now people are ta- talking about, you know, where is the supply going to come from? What does that supply look like? What's it going to do to the, to the environment? Uh, and there needs to be a lot more support uh, for the junior segment. The junior segment's always been a critical part of, of the mining industry. You know, the, the, the junior companies are the ones that generally take the higher risks. They'll go into jurisdictions that other uh, companies won't go into. Uh, they'll take on projects that are maybe not mainstream in terms of the type of the deposit or the technology used to recover the metal. Uh, and it's oftentimes those uh, companies, those juniors that are taking that risk that make those breakthroughs. So you not only need the support of governments, but you need the support of, of capital markets, uh, investors. Uh, you know, it goes it goes full circle. And I think what we're seeing right now with the depressed junior market uh, share prices is that that support is not there. Uh, it creates an unprecedented buying opportunity, I think, for investors. Uh, but you know, this is this is a time when when people really need to step back and look at the value that these junior companies right here on this panel bring to the table and and what they can do for your investment portfolio. So Terry, you're you're up in Canada. Um, you know, David says, you know, it's not just the governments, it's also the markets, it's also the financial institutions. You've got a little bit of experience on uh, on some of the behavior with some shorting. Um what's What's your take on how the Canadian government's provincial or, or, or federal are approaching mining? Uh, well, you know, you know, it's funny. I mean, the last federal budget, which just came out, you know, less than a month ago, basically every, uh, you know, electric metal stock in Canada should have jumped 15% because they basically said, hey, guys, you're going to get a 15% tax credit to develop, you know, your project. I mean, it's unbelievable. So it's like, yeah, there's nothing. Stocks went down. <laughs> And, you know, you, you know, Matt, I've been on the show before talking about uh, short sellers, you know, as, as being a, a structural issue in our marketplace. And I really truly believe that's that's a problem across the board. And uh, it affects the individual investor more than most because, uh, you know, the Eric Sprouts of the world, the, the sophisticated investors, many that we that we have in our companies, they look through the uh, deposits and, and, and turn them over and find the good ones and, and understand what that math will be like at the end of the day and bankroll it. But the retail guys... They can get spooked out very easily, you know. So if you get it in, you know, right now you've got a bit of a shaky market globally because of obviously the global events and it's been a long-running bull market. People are moving away from tech into what, you know, hope. You know, the, the obvious answer is to move into the, uh, in my my view, resources. That's we're ready for a massive boom, and uh, this will be a boom like no other. Now, when it will start, uh, if I could tell you that, I'd be a lot richer than I am today. <laughs> but it's coming. For sure, that's my view. Well, no, I think you're right. People are moving out of tech. If, if our subscriber base is anything to go by, that, that that's what people are piling out of that and into natural resources for sure. And um, Brendan, you are kind of cross jurisdictions in many ways because you know you're after the commodity it's that underlying commodity. But what are you seeing jurisdictionally in terms of the way that governments are supporting junior miners? Are they all all doing it the same way? Are they being supportive as they they can be? Does it affect your decision making when you're you know, thinking of uh, royalties in different jurisdictions? 
Yeah, I, I definitely don't think I've ever thought of governments as a plus, really, for, for any uh, development project. I mean, you look at what happened in Serbia, Rio Tinto, they've spent a, a lot of money on that project. Uh, it was supposed to be a very key lithium mine, um, you know, for, for the future. And then the government basically says, you know, no, no, we're, <laughs> no permits for you. Uh, so, you know, you look at that, you look at Chile. Uh, I saw Anglo today just had uh, some of their expansions uh, shut down by the Chilean government. You know, planning to extend a very big copper mine out to 2036. So, you know, and that's a big risk, right? And that's kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, you know, governments do change every four, eight years, you know. Uh, and so it's it's tough. Um, you know, there was funny, the U.S. did start to get into it. You had uh, Department of Defense, Department of Energy running around and, you know, offering up big debt financings to groups. But I mean, even those guys were going to the wrong place. Um, you know, so there's a definitely capital allocation issue. Uh, where even the money that is kind of being allocated to this space isn't really making it uh, to where it should be. But do, but will it come, Brent? I'm gonna stick with you for a second. But but will that come? Because you know OEMs, right? They're, they're saying we need more of everything than exists. We need more lithium than ex than exists in, uh, today. We need more copper than exists today. We need more nickel than exists today, right? There's there's going to be a massive deficit. Well, it depends on which numbers you want to believe between 2025 and, and 2030, right? Um, yeah. Something's got to give. The market's got to just. Well, do you think this game's been played? I guess where I want to go, right? Do you think institutions are playing game? Do you think shorters are playing game? And this is a temporary thing. And if you are, if you're strong on the thesis, should you be more contrarian in your approach? Are there deals to be done now, Brandon? Yeah, I think there are, you know, and it's funny. Uh, as a public company, you're always hit with that, um, you know, markets are efficient and, you know, you are valued at what you're valued because you're a public company. I think the big private equity groups, you know, especially look at our portfolio and, and they know what we have. And so that's kind of always our comfort is, you know, the smart money, uh, you know, we know what they would pay and we're not planning on selling anytime soon. I think it's very defensive, right? It's, it's, um, it's tough. There's a 15 year average development timeline in mining. So yes, it bet, the better money better come soon or we're going to be really in trouble because, you can't overcome that big period of underinvestment. You know, I always joke like, you need more tin today. Great, I'll, I'll go poke a, a drill hole down. Oh my God, we're so lucky we found tin. I can actually maybe get you some tin now 15 years from now, right? So, you know, if the money doesn't come soon, it's only gonna lead to, to more price spikes. Uh, uh, you know, we're probably already five years late, right? Uh, the whole revolution's just got going. You know, uh, we're experiencing exponential growth forecasts uh, going out basically two decades and prices have already gone crazy. So. Uh, yeah, the money better come soon. And I think it will because you do have these higher prices that incentivizes, uh, you know, more money to the space. Um, so this should be an exciting couple of years ahead. I think people are starting to, to turn that page and turn that corner. Okay, David, you, you said to me earlier, you said that, you know, people need to be brave. There's some, there's some bargains. There's some deals to be had here in, in this market. Now, if I look, if I look, if I, as a typical retailer, the blend of my portfolio, I'm going to have some production and some, some development and some expiration and the expiration is where I get the, the super high leverage. It's the highest risk, but it's super high leverage. So, if I am to be contrarian in my attitude, if I am to be brave in my attitude towards uh, exploration companies with battery thematic attached to them, what am I looking for? What do those companies need to look like? Yeah, so even within the exploration space, you know, you can you can separate the the junior companies that have resources, the ones that are are 
uh, sitting on a new discovery, uh, you know, those those intrinsically should have much higher valuations than the explorers, the project generators, the people that are out trying to make the initial uh, discovery. So, you know, what I've seen is, you know, there, it's kind of a trickle down effect, right? You can invest in producers, you know that they they are generating uh, revenue, good profits, the metal prices are high, that's great. But as soon as the commodity prices start to rise, right on the heels of that is an increase in the cost structure to get the metal out of the ground, right? So now we're starting to see the earnings reports from the big producers uh, showing less margin because their cost structure is, is increasing. And so, uh, you know, there, there's a move to uh, downstream, higher leverage uh, developers, people that are bringing on new production. And then, you know, the juniors that have resources sitting there, you know, these are really, really attractive resources. And uh, just like Terry was mentioning, you know, higher grade, they've got a higher grade deposit. We've got a higher grade deposit. That's even better for the environment when you think about production. So there's a real real opportunity right now for investors to go out and cherry pick primo assets with huge upside potential in mining jurisdictions. You can, you know, the world's your oyster, right? You can you can choose to inject uh, to invest in risky jurisdictions or more secure. Uh, it's 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 you know it's completely uh, in in your control to go out and cherry pick these these opportunities. But there's like I said, there's an unprecedented opportunity right now to fill up your portfolio. Uh, at a certain percentage level with some really quality uh, junior companies. To David's point, I think it's, it's really uh, key to have that difference. You know, they already have a resource. Um, you know, we're not making many new discoveries these days. Uh, you know, you look at the copper space. I think we're going to need the equivalent of basically the biggest mine we have on the planet. Uh, and we're going to need to find that every, every year or so to keep up with uh, where we expect demand to be. Um, so having a resource is key. That's, that, that eliminates a lot of the risk. I think if you look at really what an expert, somebody who's had... 10, 12 years in the field versus a retail investor, the real edge would be being able to look at a resource and kind of tell, you know, from there where it's going to go. Um, but I think that's really key. You want to have a resource, at least that's a big step. Um, and that's metal in the ground. You know, that's, uh, you can't print more of this metal. It only occurs in, you know, a few places. Uh, and so it's it's precious. And, and that's really uh, a lot of the value proposition, I think, of investing in a mining company. They have that metal in the ground and they own it. I've worked a bit with uh, Eric Sprott on the safe Canadian mining front in terms of the, you know, combating the predatory shorts. And I, you know, just as a, you know, chatting with Eric and, you know, learning from him, I said, so Eric, how did, you know, what was your big success? Are you, and cause obviously he gets to see pretty much every deal. He's, he's looked back at it cause he's a, he's actually a, an actu- actuary, you know, an accountant in, in approach. He said, I back tested. He said, you know, he said, so I can't really, you, you never really know when you're buying in the resource initially, if it's uh, he says it's a crapshoot, you can buy it from a guy you think is not very trustworthy, but you like the rocks, and you can buy it from the guy who's had the three last successes. He says I'm, it, it's still a crapshoot. So he said the first round you never know. So an expiration, it's really a roll of the dice, uh, even with the best of them. But he said, I says where I'm really good is if I if I see that resource, I see those drill results, then I know that's got the hops to become a mine. And he says I'm then I'm twenty percent the rest of the way. And he said, that's how I got rich. And I think it's an educational element for all of us is that, you know, uh, there's obviously got to be risk money for these prospect generators and pure exploration guys. Otherwise, we'd never get to having a resource. But right now, where it seems to have broken down is there's very little difference from raw exploration to somebody who's got a resource. I mean, they're, they're, they're so compressed. There's no delta there. They used to always be. 
and 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 you have to and that's you know that has to that uh, delta has to be put back in the system in some way for it to function properly so uh, i'm looking forward to when that's happening i think that's going to happen soon i think you're you know you're now like uh, i'm in london to go to the mines and money show tomorrow and uh, the first mining conference in a couple of years, I think, a physical one. And, you know, from what I understand, it's going to be packed. And I think you're going to start to see a lot more general investment interest in mining. I know we're getting a lot of calls and stuff. So I suspect it's coming, but it's it's been slow, probably slowed a bit by COVID, slowed a bit by this horrific war that's going on right now and, and the geopolitical events. But uh, at the end of the day, I think what everyone's saying is that uh, if, if it doesn't happen soon, there's going to be some seriously bad uh, downstream effects. So I, I expect it's uh, it's imminent, but it can't happen soon enough for us. Well, I think the one thing everybody, uh, the retail investors and the general public really misses out on is what the supply side situation looks like. Um, you know, you take zinc, for example, it's a, big, it's a big market. I think it's about 12 million tons a year in, in annual demand. I've met a thousand people, you know, probably call it over the last year. Most of these are mining experts, you know, the people that we'd have, the most experience in this space. And I could have a intelligent discussion about zinc supply with maybe a dozen of them, you know? So that's amongst like a, a, a crowd of people that really should know. Um, and so that's, that's the crazy thing. You know, you talk about the, we're after nine different clean energy metals. These were all pretty small markets. There's very few investors out there uh, that, that really understand that supply side because there's very few people in the industry that really have a sense and grasp of, you know, the different supply chains for these uh, commodities. So it's an interesting uh, time. It's definitely a, a good time to be in this space, you know, where we are, I think. You know, Brandon, when I, when I started my career, uh, just on the supply side, I was told that one in 50 geologists in their career will make a discovery that turns into a mine. And, you know, at the time I thought, that doesn't sound very good to me, you know, maybe I should be a, an accountant or a lawyer or something. But, uh, but you know what, today, I would love, I would take those odds in a heartbeat. You know, I mean, it's gotten a lot worse. It's it's a lot harder to make discoveries these days. And it's, you know, the world's been hit pretty hard by some very, very, very good exploration companies, big giant majors, uh, the junior mark, you know, the junior explorers have been uh, tenacious in getting in where they can. Uh, there's still plenty of discoveries to be made, but they're a lot harder. Uh, head grades are dropping into producing mines. The discoveries are getting deeper. The resources are deeper. Um, so it's only going to get harder as we go forward, not not easier. A lot of people think that technology and artificial intelligence and these types of things can dramatically improve our discovery rates. It's not going to happen. Um, so I agree with you on the supply side. It's going to get uh, a lot more difficult. And uh, discoveries, when you make them, you know, they should be even that much more valuable. Yeah, it's, it's, it, that, that's a really good point you, um, you make there, David. I, I, here's a bit that gets me. If I'm sitting with my, my retail investor cap on here, I'm listening to what you guys are saying. Um, and I'm, I'm still trying to work at it, coming back to the, where we were at the beginning of this conversation is there's a retrenchment in the marketplace. There's a nervous around, nervous, nervousment nervousness around some of the things that you guys talked about, you know, Russia, Ukraine, um, the, the economy, printing of money, uh, taxes, less disposable income, less, um, uh, less discretionary spend, I, sh I should say. I'm now worried about paying electricity bills or, you know, fuel bills or, or car payments and things like that than perhaps investing. But, for people who are, you know, on on the margins, there, that's that's a fair enough concern, right? 
But for investors, for investors who do have disposable income, they too have kind of stepped back and said, you know, I'm going to let me sit on cash for a bit here. What What's the thing that's going to get them over the line? I mean, is it you've got to be brave and, you know, go go after, you know, have the courage of your conviction? Or again, is it, is it fair enough that they sit and and, and, and sit on their cash? What, what, I mean, what, what are you doing as businesses? I mean, Brendan, what are, you, what are you doing as a business? How are you looking at the market? Yeah, well, I think we're a little bit unique as a royalty company. Um, you know, ultimately, I think we have a very defensive nature. You know, we're uh, insulated from inflation in terms of the operating costs because we don't have operating costs. Uh, we're insulated from capital cost inflation because we don't have to contribute for development costs, capital costs, uh, cost overruns, et cetera. You know, and ultimately, we're targeting metals that are very rare. You know, there's uh, we have the only manganese district in North America being developed in the EV space. You know, our, our producing zinc royalty is vertically integrated, the only uh, primary zinc producer in the U.S. You know, so we have uh, very rare assets and uh, you can't print them. Like I said, you can't make more of these. It's uh, average development timeline, 15 years. So you can't even go out there and explore and, and you know, uh, kind of uh, remove that. Um, so we're very defensive. I think for an inflationary environment, uh, you know, you're much better off investing in a, a company like ours where prices are going up 400%. That's a 400% increase on our expected revenues. Uh, versus your, you know, cash is definitely going to, uh, they'll say, lose 7 or 8% purchasing power uh, this year if you're just going to lock it away. So I don't think you can ever be timid, you know, in terms of investment. Um, but I think you know, we're very well placed uh, for this type of environment uh, specifically. I, th- I think the institutional and uh, in high net worth family office type of investors are starting to come back now. And the that's going to be the ones that turn the tide, I believe, because the retail guy is generally a chartist right now. He's they've been trained to by Robin Hood and by everyone else that you got to follow mo, you know, momentum, you know. So momentum obviously isn't there now. So I don't see them coming in. You know, you might get the odd one that's actually forward thinking that's bought some good newsletters like Crux and whatever and has learned that hey, you got to you know now's the time to get the bargains. This is where you multiply your returns. Hopefully, there's more of them will come. But I think, generally speaking, the uh, the the you know not the giant institutions, but I think the midterm institutions and the high net worth family offices are are going to lead the the changing tide here because they're 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 moving their liquidating their you know their tech portfolio or lightening up. They're never going to go to zero, but they're shifting balancing. They're kind of they're balancing their their portfolios, and I think those guys will ultimately for a core group of uh, uh, mining stocks they'll they'll turn the charts. And once the charts start to turn, look out because that's when momentum guys start to come in, and they could keep on coming because you could these things like be nothing for all these stocks that are on the screen to be 10x, uh, 12, 18 months from now, which sounds crazy. Sounds like something in a crypto world, but but it, honestly, that's where it should be, you know. And, and I fully expect that's going to happen. There's going to be 10 baggers and 100 baggers in this space, and you know we're going to get in on some of them. I was expecting more, more of a fight after what Brendan said. Apparently, uh, his product's better than yours. <laughs> but we're not competitive. There's lots of money for Brendan's deal and for my deal. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, I say, go on, David. What, what, what do you think? Are, are royalties uh, a better bet than uh, regular mining equities? Well, I certainly invest in royalties. I think it's a great business model. You know, it's uh, – it's a company, you know, these companies have, you know, 20 people on their payroll and their revenues are just enormous. So uh, it's, it's a great business model. I think they, they provide a, a real, um, uh, you know, they fill a gap in the capital markets that, uh, that serves a real purpose. Uh, you know, it's obviously, 
you know, better to manage that uh, through the life cycle of an asset as it's going uh, towards uh, development. But um, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of the royalty companies, and I, I think Brendan's uh, group is 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 really smart. They're they're latching on to the battery metal uh, and the clean energy supply, uh, you know, approach, and I think that's really key. Uh, but no, I'm a big supporter of these royalty companies for sure. But your company's a better yeah. investment, surely. But my yeah, you you definitely want to go higher leverage with uh, Chicana Copper for sure. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, I'm, I'm, it seems like I'm not going to be able to start a fight between you, so I'll, I'll give yeah. up now. But let me <laughs> let me think about some of the other things which would stop me from m moving forward as an investor into mining companies at the moment or royalty companies, um, which is which is which is inflation. I think Brendan's going to tell me he's anti-inflationary in a second, but I'll, I'll let, let him talk last. Is you know can can things like inflation um, destroy some of these markets? Marginal uh, projects, or will the increase in commodity prices kind of save the day? What, what, what's it look like going forward, Terry? I think somebody commented earlier in the in the piece here about grade. I think it was maybe uh, David. You know, grade is your friend, man. It doesn't matter if it's in the boom cycle or in the bust cycle. Uh, at the end of the day, it's always better to have grade. You know, because uh, it just makes so many things easier. And I, and I think. You know, the, the challenge we have right now, it happens every time in a cycle, you'll see these projects that have been around for 20 years. Yeah. They were around, you know, and, and, and they keep, and then it's a hot market. And man, is it going to get financed this cycle? I, there's some, like in the nickel market, particularly, you know, there's just yeah. a boatload of these billion ton, you know, 0.2% uh, nickel cost a billion and a half dollars, maybe, you know, and it's like, well, you know, God bless. I, I think some of them will have to come off to actually feed the uh, the actual shortages that we're going to have because these things are massive and reliable. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, at the end of the day, it, it's it's really if, if you think it's hard to raise, you know, uh, 200 million to put a, a, a power nickel in play. God bless, you know, raising a billion and a half to put see some of these others in. I mean, it's just so tough. You know, so I think, you know, grade is is one thing for investors to pay attention to because that's very likely to have carry lower risk. Right. You know, we had a saying when I worked at Western Mining, we had a saying once a dog, always a dog, you know, and, and it's it's referring exactly to what you just said, Terry. If you need high commodity prices to make your project look good, then there are some real problems there because, uh, you know, grade helps you uh, make good money during a down cycle and then absolutely kill it during, uh, you know, the top of a cycle. And, uh, you know, higher grade usually means lower capex, uh, faster return uh, on your initial investment, higher margins. It, it overcomes a lot of issues, even engineering problems. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. Once a dog, always a dog. How do the royalty companies feel about it? Inflation? Yeah, well, look, maybe I won't, I won't defend us. <laughs> you know, I think I got our key points there so much. I think I'd actually just say, you know, where we're looking, where we'd uh, be investing, you know, would be actually uh, projects much like Terry and David have. Um, you know, they're a little bit smaller, right? You look at these mega projects, always run into big hurdles. Um, you know, you look at the capital costs on these things, they always get blown out. And a billion and a half becomes two and a half billion pretty easily. Um, and so I, I like these higher grade projects. I do think, you know, if you were to invest in mining companies, you know, definitely higher grade, uh, smaller footprint. Um, you know, some bring, uh, both these projects have, uh, I believe, the capability to do underground. Um, you know, that's very good from an ESG perspective. But yeah, I, I do think th these guys are the guys that are going to be making it into production a lot quicker than these, uh, you know, so-called mega projects that are uh, attract the attention of presidents and uh, you know, president's sons uh, to shut them down. Uh, 
I think that, uh, you know, these guys have the right idea. You know, great is king. Yeah, for, for, for sure. President Sons. Let, let's not get political. Uh, okay, so yeah, well, I, I'm just thinking about uh, that one up north, the Pebble, I believe. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I think we know, we know what you're talking about. Um, okay, so if, if I'm, again, coming as a retail investor hat on here, and I'm, I'm looking at uh, this this. Metals. We're looking at the battery thematic, but more broadly, sort of you know, junior junior mining. You think it's okay? We're in a it's a, a temporary transitory moment of reflection for the marketplace. Maybe some of the institutional guys, maybe some of the PE guys are, are are playing a few a few games. But this is a kind of reset recalibration moment rather than a kind of really negative outlook for the market as a whole. Is that what you say? I think it's an educational thing, really. You know, uh, just educating the market. Uh, the mining market's been traditionally a very small market dominated by a few key investors. You know, uh, Terry mentioned Eric Sprott a couple of years ago. I mean, he was responsible for, I think it was over half of the junior mining financings yeah. uh, that happened you know, over a six month period. One guy, um, you know, and he's, he's fairly wealthy, but he wouldn't you know, match that, up. That's not a good thing, right? That's not a good thing. You know, it's not a good thing. No. So, uh, the last 10 years have been very tough for mining. You know, we've had a big exodus of people really across the sector. Um, you know, I was one of the, the very few people that got hired 10 years ago uh, in the market. And I didn't see anybody really getting hired for about five, six years after me. So it's uh, there's not very many people out there that really understand this space. And then, you know, th those few people have to go out and educate everybody else uh, in terms of these metals. Mining is uh, tricky. You know, it's not as easy as people think. It's not just, you know, you send a truck out, fill it up with dirt with a shovel and you know, go throw some water on it, hope the metals come out. It's a much more uh, complicated and complex business uh, than I think people really give it credit for. Um, so it's just an education thing. I, I definitely think this is just a, a temporary lull. Um, you know, we need all of these metals really to uh, do everything that we enjoy doing in life uh, these days and, and uh, you know, where we're going. So uh, I, I do think it's an unstoppable kind of momentum, you know, on the broader picture of it. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know, how the world is changing my, um, my son's a CFA and he's, he's actually like a coal guy. He's like sort of like the closet, you know, Twitter expert on coal unbeknownst to me. And, and he says like, there's a whole community of these guys in various other commodities, you know, and, and it's interesting. He said that they, they basically, these Twitter experts, they're, they're, they're all sort of, uh, you know, personally, financially fairly well off. They, they like to do their own due diligence. So he said, you know, when he's talking, when I was sort of saying, hey, you know, you're sort of in with this community, you should be telling them about power nickel. He says that, he says the way they, they work, he said, and we're actually doing this this week. They said they want to sort of model their own deposits. So he says, you got to post up your Excels of all your drill holes, and they'll actually get in there and model it. And, and you give them your theory about how you think it's sort of shaping out the deposit. Maybe they buy it, maybe they don't, but they want to do their own work and they've got the capacity and the core expertise to do that with software. And it's sort of interesting. I mean, used to be gatekeepers in this space, right? That was the investment banks. And to some extent, the companies themselves would have the information. But now it's like, now you've got, you know, Crux Investor educating people. You've got, you know, him bringing on geologists to challenge your geologists. I mean, these are, it's an evolving world. And I think it's sort of, uh, you know, the, that, uh, the tech, the Twitter world, you know, was sort of dominated by crypto and by tech. But now you're seeing a lot more. I was, I was on a, uh, an oil and gas call the other night. Was 270 people listening live to this the debate on diesel pricing and 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 the the whole thing that's happening there over that and I thought probably that didn't happen a year ago you know so so I mean this is uh, the momentum is building I believe and it's when this thing turns on 
It's sort of, I think uh, somebody was saying about, you know, you're, you're going to be, you know, sucking some huge balls through a garden hose. You know, it's just very tough. And so it's, uh, it's, uh, it, 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 it's going to be a powerful uh, move. David, anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would reiterate uh, what Brendan was commenting about, you know, timelines and stuff like that. And, you know, the new discoveries are taking longer and longer and longer to get into production. I think the big po- copper projects are now well over 20 years. So from discovery to production, you know, and it, it's just getting it's getting worse. It's not getting better, you know, in that there's there's greater regulatory uh, uh, burden on projects. Um, you know, the social aspect of mining, of course, is is it's it's front and foremost and in most uh, CEOs minds um, and, and, you know, as it should be, I mean, it's a really important aspect, but timelines are getting extended and that's going to put even greater pressure on the supply side. Uh, You know, if, if, if it takes you longer to get permitting at every stage along the way, you know, production just going to get pushed out further and further. Right. Well, look, gentlemen, I, I'm going to wrap it up there because I, I think what we've done is in, introduce a little bit of new vocabulary. This is like for a beginner's guide to session on, um, you know, battery metal companies and in the junior space at the, at the lower end, the higher leverage, higher risk, higher return um, profile. I think you've introduced a few thoughts there. Maybe if anyone's got any questions, we will forward those on to um, the respective um, individuals, or all, all, all three of you, for dis- for future discussion. But look, I pre- appreciate your time. Appreciate what you're doing with your businesses, trying to do things the right way, uh, which is which is always good, and that makes for uh, much easier investing decisions for people like us. So, thank you very much for your time today, gentlemen. Great, thank Thanks you, again. Man. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having us on, Matt.